0: Welcome to I on the Illini, the Kansas State victory edition, and it's nice to have a game that we thought we were going to win, that we would win. A couple games in a row there of upsets, not fun. Ked um, got the victory, and we're not too proud to turn down a W. What did you see in the game tonight? Because obviously, everything isn't uh, hunky-dory, but what what did you see in the game and what jumped out to you to the trained eye?
1: Well, let me ask do you want the good first or the bad first? Let's go with the good. The good was they shot 52% from the field, which I like. They had 20 assists versus nine. They out-rebounded the team tonight, which was very, very impressive. Um, It was good to see Andre Plummer catch fire. Uh, I said this last night, anybody can go to the podcast, shooting his confidence about being contagious, and they need one guy to step up. You saw Plummer do it, and then you saw the floodgates open up. They just need that confidence and to know that they can make shots and to know that it's it's a simple game, like we talked about. We can talk X's and O's, but at the end of the day, you got to make shots, and Coach Underwood talked about that in his press comments after the game. It was finally good to see that. And I'm gonna tell you a guy who's a really good shooter that people this guy can stay healthy is Austin Hutcherson. You didn't see it tonight. You know, he was good with the ball and attacking the basket. Guys a good free throw shooter, he's a good perimeter shooter. So I mean it's it's a win. I mean it seems kind of you know blah because of what's happened, I guess, but and they have to fight. But it's a neutral, it's a neutral court. So I can't complain about that. The ugly for me I'm going to tell you, you cannot shoot 10 for 20 from the free throw line. That's 50%. Mm-hmm. You can't do it. And the other thing that's frustrating me so much, and I, I mean, I'm going to harp on it. So when I talk about this, if you guys want to tune me out when I say this, I'm sorry. 18 turnovers to four. You cannot. Those. Think about that. Those are wasted possessions. And so are free throws. You can't have empty trips. There, turnovers are part of the game. I get it but you can't be at this level when other teams are not turning the ball over 18, 20, 25, 26 times a game. Those are possessions that's costing you points. Uh, The other negative would be, I guess, is the health of the point guard spot. You know, Cabello's having some, you know, mild concussion um, symptoms still, so I know they're monitoring that. They're not going to play him if he's not able to. Coach Underwood said tonight during his press conference that, hey, when he can't go, he'll let us go, and then, we're going to follow with what he says and what the doctors are saying, you know, and then Trent near ankle, you know, Brad knew nothing about that. So he mentioned Brandon Pajemski, you know, it's going to be his time up if those guys aren't able to go Friday, but overall you never apologize for a win, you know, like I said to you, the free throw percentage, you know, and I have to give coach Jeff Alexander credit. He has done a tremendous job with Kofi and his free throws. I mean, the last few minutes, don't look at that. He was perfect yesterday and I want, I want to say this on our message boards at lineguys.com. His free throw, perform, form, it looks totally different. And you can see the jump shot that he made. You know, they, they promised him when he came back, they were going to do those things for him. And he made some good passes. So that's another plus.
0: Yeah, I, I thought he did a, a nice job tonight. I loved a couple of assists there. Um, you know, passing out of the double or triple. Or quadruple team. Um, I don't know what to do about the turnovers because so much of it is just kind of being careless, you know, as opposed careless. to, you know, some of it's, I mean, some of it's not like, and I know I'm going to, I'm going to split hairs here, but there's some plays that are dumb. You know, you see a guy try to dribble through a double team and you're like, oh, that ball's gone. And some of these are just like you're dribbling and then all of a sudden you lose track of it. And, Somebody else has it, you swing the ball and hand it off to the other team. Um, I, I, you know, it careless is the only word I can come up for some of these turnovers.
1: Well, that's a great word to use because here's an example you know, when a player is playing up the line, you know, for basketball people, if you know what that means, if you know, old school is called, you know, denying the basketball, but there was a play tonight where I believe, uh, the Kansas State player was playing up the line really, really far and Trent threw the ball away. And it was, you could see, clearly see he wasn't open and you threw it away. Or when they do the dribble weave, either tighten it up, you know, or you beat the defense, they didn't do, other, and, they, and they didn't either. I watched them turn the ball over three times during that the charging, charging, you know, going to attack the basket. Coma Hawkins had one where he should have pulled up and shot a floater. Steady charge, and then you got nothing out of it. Those are careless mistakes to me that can haunt you. I will say this. It's the fourth game this year, I guess, fourth game this year. By the seventh or eighth game, I really want to see the free throws, the carelessness taken care of. You cannot be successful at home or on the road with those two things because good teams find a way to take care of the basketball, and when you go to the free throw line because you're going to get fouled you can't have empty trips. That's extremely important.
0: Well, the, the and the two things that were um, most notable or that I enjoyed the most all night were Kofi's assists. I thought those were those were good plays. And I loved Austin Hutcherson when he did the dribble drive penetration on the left-hand side. Um, you know, and and I think he got a layup out of it and to me that's what we've been missing so far because all you have to do is make sure you trail well on the picks you know the guy's not going to come back inside so pop around the pick and 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 meet the guy somewhere around the three point line and and as a defender that's not real hard to do you know even with a with a good pick there's no payment for overplaying and coming over the top and And man, when he, when he put the ball on the floor like that, they had to be like, wow, we haven't, we haven't seen this from very often from, uh, uh, Illinois players this season, you know, last year, you know, Grandison would do it occasionally. And of course, IO would make people just pay with their lives, um, you know, for, for that type of D and it was, I'd like to think that maybe Hutcherson's going to start doing that more regularly.
1: Yeah, we just got to keep him healthy. I will tell you, because he is like a player. We don't have him. He, um, uh, Hutchinson and R.J. Melendez are, are two players that you just don't see on on my roster. And I know they're trying to upgrade their roster t- to do that. You know, I talked to a couple um gurus today, and one of the things they said, and this you know sounds harsh, but it's a compliment. Illinois need they need more dogs. They need more guys who are just who are gritty. They, you know what they need right now in this roster? They need a, a Jeremy Ferris, who's a recruit, and then a signed recruit like Ty Rodgers. They need some players with attitudes, guys who are just tough but not cocky and arrogant. I think they're missing that. And I know Brad said that those are everyday guys. That's what he's trying to get back to. And I think losing... You know, a little bit is probably shaking some of their confidence. You can see them. They look kind of scared, nervous to make mistakes tonight, and they did make them. Once they get a couple of shots to go down and see some success and beat somebody really, really, really good, I think you'll see a different team. The talent's there. They're going to be fine.
0: Yeah, and and I look – I got got into an argument with somebody today. They're like, Illinois (laughs) – excuse me. They said Illinois needs shooters on their team. And I'm like, no, they don't. They got Plummer. Um, you take a look at austin hutcherson you take a look at what grandison shoots for his career you take a look at what Trent has shot for his career we we have the shooters we just have to play up to our they have to play up to their ability and even on the dog thing now I know we don't have his you know because you don't have the alpha dog you don't have the 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 leader of the wolf pack anymore you know IO but you know Demonte. I'll put his toughness up against anybody. I mean, you know, we talked about it last night, a six foot two guy who ends up getting um, 10 rebounds, uh, the, the, you know, uh, people just have to figure, you know, go out there and, you know, but the average person just doesn't understand how big these guys are. And, and, you know, I'm over the average height of an, of an American male at six foot one and I walk out there and I feel like a hobbit, you know, you walk around next yeah. to some of these guys and how, how uh, DeMonte ever manages to get 10 rebounds in that level of competition. But you're right. It, it, it seems like the, the dog right now uh, the fight in these dogs tend to be, you know, um, wasted by pointing it at the um, bickering with the opposing bench and, working on some sort of critique of the referees and um, they need to shine that dog back on competing on the court. And, and I do think that's the one thing that I like about, you know, DeMonte is, you know, he, he loses his cool occasionally, but it's generally at the other team mixing it up with another player out there. And, uh, you know, at least it's not where you're you know, you're off in some la-la land barking at the bench or some person in the front row or, or whatever is happening. Um, I agree with that. What did you, what did you think about the ball movement tonight? Because I found there were, you know, and, and I know this is going to sound really stupid, but in, in management, you know, successful people do the things that make them successful. And, and I found that when they moved the ball, they got themselves open shots. Now, now, guys passed up open shots, and certainly you had Plummer hitting them like there's no tomorrow. But I did think the ball movement, if you take the whole game, was considerably better than it was last night.
1: Well, I, I want to touch on one thing before I answer that. You okay. know, I, now that I struggle with DeMonte, because I know Brad Underwood likes him and what he does, but let's look at his last three games. Marquette, 11 rebounds. Last night, um, he had 10 rebounds tonight, yep. he had seven. You know, so I get why he plays. Uh now the ball movement. You know who got that started, and it was nice to see with He has been in a doghouse with a lot of people, you know, Twitter, you know, coffee table talk, you know, texting whatever. He's been the negative guy, but I can honestly tell you, if you watch that game, which I taped and I'm gonna obviously watch it again, probably a couple of times, his over his car course. Cross-court passing was very, very effective tonight. It became contagious. They moved the ball to where they had open looks. They didn't just force the ball to Kofi. You know, they did a couple times. And then you would talk about the turnovers when they're throwing the ball, Jacob grandison to Kofi's feet six times, 6,000 times. But the overall, <laughs> I, I think that's the key. If you can th- swing the ball, think about it. It's an open look, you know, instead of a contested look. And I think Cabello deserves credit for that. I mean, he did a really good job. I think he ended up with maybe five or six assists. Uh, I know he had five. I don't know if there's yeah, more. He ended up. How he ended things?
0: up at seven. He ended up at okay. seven tonight.
1: Yes, and and then you take think about. I mean, how many times he was sitting out and he didn't and he didn't get the minutes. He could have had a double double. So, uh, well, I don't know what his point total was, but he, he was had, much better.
0: Yeah, he had six points uh, on two for five shooting, and that I think was the other part. Is when you go. You know, four for eighteen. You know, you effectively you know end a lot of uh, possessions with dumb shots. Um, and I and I did think you know six points, um, seven rebounds. Excuse me, seven assists um, in in twenty minutes. You know, that's that's a decent stat line. And I think um, if he if he wants to be, I think Curbelo can be a lead dog. It's just that he's not going to be a lead dog that does the same things that Io does. You know, he's yeah. not going to go and, and take his man down the lane, go over the top and shoot that, that devastating runner and, and score. But what, I, what, what Curbelo can do is he can be a dog by breaking down the defense. Once you get past your man, he forces somebody to come up on him. And the guy who stops him from driving, he gets the ball to that guy. You know, I mean, it, you know, there's just I think he can be maybe not as devastating of a weapon in terms of that continual scoring, but he can facilitate the team continually scoring. And yeah. I I think he's got to be comfortable with what he can do versus trying to replicate an IO impression that is just it, it, they're, they're just two different games.
1: Right. And that's what I was going to say. Illinois doesn't need him to be Ile. They need him to be Andre Cabello. Exactly. That, that's what they need. Don't try to do something. And there will be games when he's going to put up 20 points because his three-point shooting percentage doesn't look good, but you can tell he's worked on the shot. You know, tonight, obviously, it was 100% healthy. If he can take care of the basketball, and he's going to have turnovers. It's just you have to live with it. You know, it's not going to change. And, you know, there's a lot of people who like the fact that he's so confident. Some people can't stand it. I, I guess I, I I like it, but not at crucial times of the game. I guess yep. so. I'm, I'm kind of in the I'm kind of in the middle with it. But again, you know what? Kansas State is a good defensive team, and you could just see the sigh of relief on Coach Underwood's face tonight during his press conference. He was just not as stressed because he said it. They know what's at stake. You know, basically in, the, in a nutshell, they want to win, and they know how good they can be. And it's just you know and. Take your loves down. Like he said, you want to go play people. Don't run from people. Learn from it because when a big ten season comes, then you're prepared and you're ready to go. What good is it going to do for them to be playing junior high teams every weekend? That's not good. And this is not to take a shot at Iowa, but that's what they're doing.
0: Well, the uh, the other thing that I think is interesting is Kofi did some things today that that were that I'd like to see a little more of. You know, they got him on the weak side block, and, and when he's on the weak side and somebody misses a shot, you know, he, he does a nice job of, of getting, you know, I mean, he had four offensive rebounds. I, I know at least two or three were on the weak side board. I, I like him on the weak side and sometimes bringing him up to be the pick man. You know, you saw right before the half, they actually switched that and put a guard on him. Um, right. Now, that's not something you're going to do all the time, but I failed to see why the rest of the Illini couldn't figure that out and see if they get at least two points out of that play. But, but again, I almost like bringing up a Coleman Hawkins or somebody else to set the pick, leaving Kofi on the, on the weak side, whichever side you're you know that's away from the play you're going to run. Um, if you watch Underwood's old uh, South Carolina tape, that or video that he has out there, he talks about seventy five percent of uh, uh, shots going off on the opposite side that they were shot from. Let Kofi end up. let Kofi end up getting the backboard, you know, let let him get that and 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 you know clear it out. So, um, Ked, thanks for thanks for those updates, and 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 we're going to keep you on here. But now uh, we're joined by uh, Brad Sturdy from. Kansas City and Matt Stevens from the uh Stevens Entertainment Center where he's been watching various games today. Brad is in two, is in yeah, the
1: Two Legends.
0: Yeah, I know and and Brad's in the hallway and we're hoping that nobody comes and tackles him like what happened to Seth Rollins last night <laughs> in the WWE. Um Brad, you got a smile on your face tonight. Um how do you? How do you? What, what were your What were your takeaways from the game after getting after being there up close and personal?
2: Yeah, I mean, it was you know, uh, first start off, it was really cool to see all the people here. You know, I, I got to hang out with, uh, uh, you know, uh, former line assistant Jay Price. Just talked to Idris. Just was just just talked to Bruce Weber. Um, you know, so get to see all those guys is pretty cool. Um, very very, um, you know, good good win for Illinois. Um, they grinded it out. It's not always pretty. Sometimes in basketball, you have to win ugly. Um, and, and that was tonight. I mean, and you know, there were some really good things. Alfonso Plummer stepping up and showing what he can do. And then, of course, Kofi Coburn, you know, it's still a dominant force inside. And we see that, you know. Um, I think that Illinois, the, the weird part about it for me is that. Um, I thought Illinois in the first half didn't defend as well as they're capable of defending. I thought they did a much better job in the second half of making it harder on um, you know K-State until maybe the end when they got a couple easy buckets. But but overall they, they were good. I think the biggest takeaway though is Illinois has to stop turning the ball over. Um, <laughs> and, 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 and Ooh, to, who said that? And, and the thing is, like I can live with some turnovers. I mean, you can you can turn the ball over because you're making plays because they did have. They did a good job, much better job of moving the ball tonight. When you look at, Illinois had 25 baskets and 20 assists. So That means they were they were moving the ball and getting it to the right people. But here's the problem: you can't have the sloppy turnovers on handoffs or whatever it is. It just can't happen. And and, uh, and those are things that they have to get squared away if they're gonna if they're gonna you know be successful down the road. Now. It's not going to be easy, though, with their current status. Uh, Trent Frazier just left here on crutches, uh, putting no weight on his left leg. Um, um I just talked to him as he's walking out. Um, you have, uh, you know, Andre Carbello's battling, uh, still battling some concussion symptoms, um, occasionally, um, that gets gets to him. You've got Austin Utterson who stepped up big tonight. I thought he was really good. I thought yeah. he showed what he can be down the road. Played 20, 21 minutes. Um, you know, so that was really important to get those minutes out of him. I think moving forward, that's good. And if you can get 20, 25 minutes out of Hutch, boy, that opens up some things on the wing. I think it gives you a lot more vers- versatility um, there. So, so yeah, there were some good – you know, the other thing – and I, I don't know if you guys talked about this. Who's the backup center right now? In the first half, it's Omar Payne, and then he screws up, and then it's Benjamin Bosman's for in the second half, and they can't afford to – really, they can't play any of them. I mean – I, I, it's stunning to me how, how, you know, if you watch Omar Payne practice and you watch Ben practice, they look like different players than when they get the lights on. And so it's it's really disappointing to see. I mean, they look better, though, when Kofi was out than they do now. And so I, I don't know. I don't know. That's a concern, too, going forward.
0: Man, maybe hypnosis is a uh, – well, Acupuncture.
2: Something...
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, we'll start doing herbal herbal remedies – um, Matt, so you were, you were watching uh, the game. What takeaways did you have after you have had a chance to listen to Brad's and, and, and you know, a bit of ours? Um, it's going to be a challenge to come up with something new, but you might have seen something out there we didn't.
3: I, I, think, I think, and I think Sturdy would echo this, but I think as fans and maybe even as analysts sometimes, we spend way too much time talking about offense. And if Illinois defends the way they did in the second half, especially on A-State's guards, they can win a lot of games, doing exactly what they did. And I thought the two keys, I thought Sturdy hit it really well, was they defended a heck of a lot better in the second half than they certainly did at any point last night. And then I thought before, you know, leaving the floor, you know, on, on crutches and with help, I thought Trent Frazier did an excellent job of being that secondary ball handler when Carbello had to leave. Leave the game, or even when Carbella was on the floor, like Ben leaves this game in Kansas City on crutches, having never hit a shot. But I, I, I felt so much better about what he was able to contribute, not only as a, as a ball handler and getting everybody, getting the offense moving and getting the ball, getting the ball moved, you know, from side to side, and, and just getting everybody situated offensively, but on defense as well. I mean, he he was able to affect the game without having to hit a shot, and I I, I think if you if you're Brad Underwood, you're you're kind of showing tape of that to your younger guards going, you know, Trent has no idea when he's going to hit another shot, but that doesn't mean I can't, you know, not have him on the floor because he can contribute in other ways. And it's it's you, you look you looked at like when Underwood asked was asked last night, who's who do I look for for leadership? And he said, "Well, you looked at Trent and you looked at Demonte." Well, Trent guarded the hell out of the Kansas State Guards in the second half to where they they were shooting 30 footers just to get something up near the rim and it it, it really ticked Bruce Weber uh, you know, <laughs> Bruce Weber off like this the shot, their shots like in the second half was completely disjointed because of the way Illinois was guarding them. And then Demonte Williams is going to get every loose ball and every every rebound he possibly can and that's why he's on the floor. So and I echo what Sturdy said. I thought Hutch and his 20-plus minutes was just awesome. I, I thought that kid had every right to be disjointed and try to do too much and be sped up in these first two games, and he just didn't look that way. And I've been a pump the brakes guy on Hutcherson, and I still kind of am because I, I don't want to put too much on the kid, but he can, he can contribute and help you in a lot of different ways, especially on offense and on defense. And I I, I think Underwood figured that out at least, in these two games in Kansas city. So I, I think Illinois was, was did exactly what they needed to do, which is play harder than Kansas state, especially in the second half and just kind of grit out a win, just like sturdy said. And I'm I'm excited about the idea of them being able to do that.
0: So Brad, you're sitting there in the hallway there. What, what are your thoughts? The one thing that kind of surprised me tonight. And um, this is another thing that you just don't see a lot, but the Illini out out rebounded, you know, the, the K-State 42 to, to 26. 16 point difference, but in terms of fast break points, uh, actually lost the fast break battle by a six to five margin. Is is that something that, that coach is having them slow the pace up? Because it seems to me they might get a few more open looks if they're, if they're doing that fast pace that Coach Underwood is famous for. Have you, you have any observations on that or thoughts on that, Brad?
2: Well, the Arkansas fans are going completely nuts right now, so uh, you may be, may be hard to hear me, but I will tell you this, I actually am writing about this as we speak. And let me tell you, that's a that's one of the biggest things not having IoTesumo is because Io to changed edge faster than anybody. I talked to Brad and I wrote this back in September talking about how there is a they, they were gonna struggle that that was like eight to ten points every game they would get on IO getting out in transition, pushing the ball. Now the other problem Illinois has of course is they didn't force any turnovers. They only forced four turnovers. Right. So you don't get many runouts. You know it's hard to get runouts in Kansas State. Unlike Illinois, Kansas State didn't really hit the offensive glass that hard, so they always had two guys back. Now, I think that one thing you can do though is get secondary transition and get you know jump shots there off the secondary transition, um, and that's something that they have to get better at. But yeah, you're. The, I, I talk about pace. I, I, this team is a playing pass. Now, let's think about it though. Bello has a you know brain trauma. Trent Frazier's injured. Hutcherson's. You're playing limp, has minute limitations. You have no backup to Kofi, who's being productive right now. Who? I mean, you. you I mean, I don't know. Monte Williams is really struggling offensively. Finally made a shot. Jabe grandison has been very average offensively late last couple games. So the question becomes like, you want to push it, but you got to play somebody. And if you can't, you got guys out there that you don't have confidence in. You you you, you run into trouble. Like you, is, it. you don't have depth, you don't have all the depth that we talked about having. I'm a shock. The one thing I was shocked about, I thought R.J. Melendez would get more
0: minutes tonight. Well, so dang it, it, that was hard what hard. I was going to ask you. I was going to say I, I was I thought Austin Hutcherson. Again, I've been one of the biggest proponents of that that kid. I think he's going to be fantastic if we can just get him past the injury bug. Um, but R.J. Melendez, who who I'll give credit, Ked's been Ked's been riding. The Melendez bandwagon. I mean, he's the first guy on it, um, and and I got to admit, he, he reminds me. And I know this is not a good. He reminds me of Jeremy Richmond in the fact that he's always where the ball is. Somehow, the ball if the ball bounces weirdly off to the left, there's RJ. If the ball ends up on the floor, well, hey, there's RJ. And and that was where Jeremy Richmond seemed to have this radar sense for the basketball. But uh, any idea why he didn't play tonight, Brad? Or was that just uh, you know, uh, just the confidence? Is, is, is it his issues on defense, or what do you think?
2: No, I think it's just with Hutch playing, two things: Hutch coming back is going to allow him to take those minutes that were going to Melendez or Goody or somebody like that. I think Goody could still play as a stretch forward, but take some of those minutes from Melendez. But then the second half, then you're in that situation where you say, "Well, yeah, but those guys went down. Yeah, but do you really want to throw R.J. Melendez in there against the full court pressure when you're trying to hang on to the lead? I mean, you haven't played the whole game, but here, go, go, do, go in now." And so I think that was where they were like, "Hey, we just got to ride with these guys right now," and, and I do that. But I do think he's going to see more minutes on Friday, and I, I think he could help against Notre Dame after well, I watched Notre Dame yesterday. So, um, so I think they could. Um, he could help me you know, moving forward so the one thing i matt i'm um, matt made a great point that one thing about guys when they come off like i'll give you an example i thought at kansas state mark smith was trying to do way too much yeah. trying to do taking 28 foot threes and driving into paint the like, things that he isn't good at so that's fine whatever but i thought the difference is matt mentioned austin hutcherson came in and he just did his thing didn't force shots and you know I'm not saying he didn't make any mistakes, but they, he didn't force things. He let the game come to him. A lot of times when guys been out so long, they just want to get everything done. I want to make five plays in one minute. And instead, of, he just let the game come. And I think that was almost like a, it, it sounds crazy, but it was almost like a stabilizing feature in that he just let the game come to him. And it's like, hey, it's okay. You know, just let just play basketball. Move the ball, make the right play, and you, you'll be fine.
1: Wow. You know one guy, you know what, I want to see, guys, to be honest with you, is that like I think there's, there's spots where RJ can play. There were spots where DeMonte was in the game today where he could get some of those minutes. I mean, there was a stretch out there where DeMonte was out there, and I thought, I looked at the lineup and I thought, get this guy at least five, six, seven minutes a game. You're going to need some of these freshmen at some point in time because you don't know what the injury bug is going to do to you. And also, you got to look forward to it to next year. I don't want to see those guys sit on the bench. I mean, you only play them against teams that don't really matter. And I just kind of disrespectful to say, but I think he's earned the right to be out there. And I think the same with Luke Goody. So there's a spot, and a lot of people don't like going eight, nine, 10 D. Well, not that I don't want to see Demonte be successful, but you can definitely cut in to four or five minutes of his game because RJ is going to score and he's going to rebound. His defense isn't as bad as everybody thinks it is because he's worked on that. So I don't think it's that. I think it's a number situation, but there's a spot there that he can eat some of those minutes up, in my opinion.
3: What I was going to say off of what Sturdy said was, honestly, so they play Rio Grande Valley the day after Thanksgiving. I'd let Hutch you know, play a lot at at point forward or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like primary ball handler. Cause I mean, I, I wouldn't play Carbello if I don't have to, I I don't think Trent's going to be able to play, um, based off of everything we've seen him leaving the crutches and not being able to leave the floor on his own. Um, they're going to be down some guys against a low level opponent, throw the kid out there and see what you got. Maybe as a you know, a backup point guard type of well, deal. What they 40... were going to do if he was healthy in the first two games, right? Yeah, and
0: there's 47 minutes that you've got to play right. with, you know, that that you know you could get some development and, and try to see what's going on.
3: And unfortunately, so, to dovetail off of what Ked said, Brad Underwood's still the head coach of this team, and as long as that's happening, Demonte Williams is going to be on the floor as long as Brad Underwood wants him on the floor, like – this shouldn't be a shock to anybody at this point. Like whether no, you agree or you him. disagree, I'm whether,
1: whether you agree or
3: disagree with it, DeMonte is going to be on the floor. If Brad has the option to put him out there, like because he's made that about as clear as he possibly can over the last four plus years. I mean, I, 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 I may not agree with it. You may not agree with it. God's children may not agree with it, but Brad Underwood thinks that DeMonte Williams deserves to be out there. and, and, uh, that's just an argument that's just not worth having at this point. If it, if it becomes an argument between Demonte and RJ, guess who's going to win that one?
1: No, I'm not saying. I think what you're misunderstanding. I don't care if he plays 30 minutes a game. If we were talking about giving this kid some minutes, and I'm looking at the rotation, who in for who? I don't think this is me personally. As much as I like Demonte, and I do like him, I don't think he deserves to be on the court that many minutes he is a steal right now he had his first three-pointer I think this I think tonight was the first time this season he's not the demonic that he was last year at least not yet and is it a possibility sure it is does he rebound yes but I think they all rebound all those kids go they go get rebounds I know Brad's the coach I'm just saying I think personally you bring in three kids like that there's no way in the world this kid cannot eat up four or five minutes a game when is playing 25 and 30. I just, I don't agree with it. And at the end of the day, you're right. It's Brad's decision. I'm, I'm you know, we to live with it. It's like we talk about football. I don't, we don't like the boring office, but guess what? Well, it's not going to change. My opinion and my take is you can eat some of his minutes up and let those kids play because RJ is not afraid. He, to me, and Austin Hutchinson, they do things that Illinois, other players in the roster, they don't have. That's my opinion on it.
0: Yeah, they bring they bring in height and and we talked about it earlier. But Hutcherson's drive on the left side was great today. Um, you know, you're going to see um, you know some some interesting you know defensive choices. You know, one of the things that that, that we talked about is you know last year you had Curbelo who could kill you on the drive and create his shot. You had Io who could take the ball and create his shot, and then you had Kofi floating around. Who, if that guy goes over to help on the other two who break down their men, you're going to pay an ugly price. This year, it's been Curbelo and Kofi, you know, kind of two of them. And, and you know, uh, any one of us can draw up a defense to stop a, a center and a point guard. It's it's just not that hard. And, and Hutcherson getting his own shot, putting the ball on the ground and creating his own shot, it, it makes it much, much tougher for the, uh, defense. Uh, Brad, one other question. What did you think of when, um, what did you think when, when they were, uh, at the point when at the end of the first half, when Kofi goes up to set the pick, K-State left a guard, you know, switched a guard on him, left the post in on the inside. Um, you know, and, and, and then, Illinois wasn't able to get the ball to Kofi, but is there an advantage to using Coleman Hawkins or somebody else to set the set the pick and let Kofi roam on the weak side where most of the rebounds are going to go offensively?
2: Yeah, but they're just going to switch that screen. This is what they did there. Um, so they're just going to switch that screen then. So, I mean, either way, I mean, if you're creating mismatch, the idea was to get them to – in that situation, they actually the, the secondary play was, was actually – there was a screen the yeah. thing is the the off guy actually it was Grandison screening for Frazier coming up off that screen the problem was they read it wrong Grandison should have just immediately flared to the corner when Bellow came off there Grandison would have had a wide open three because the other the big guy was stuck inside and so right. the guy Garden Bellow wouldn't have been able to get there so and it could have been maybe or even if they just if they ran the same play and not use the down screen action actually made it more simple it actually would have been effective. So it's weird to say that because they were setting a screen for Trent, that it, it one guy could guard two as they're coming off the screen, and it made it difficult. Then by the time Trent passes to Grandison, then at that point it's too late, and it's just, time's running out. So it was actually a great, great call by Bruce Weber. I thought Illinois just didn't counter it well, and that, that's the one thing. When you, when you, you know, everybody likes to use that timeout at the end of the half. And i get why they do it because you use or lose it but at the same time more than more often than not the defense comes out and they they change like they change what they're going to do defensively so everything that you're setting up to run isn't going to work because they change the defense so when you give that's why you see a lot of guys call timeouts, to set up their defense um and they say well why they do that well because they want to make sure they're making the right things we want to make this guy beat us or this guy hit the shot or whatever it is so those are things that just come into coaching, and people always, you know, think, well, what kind of play was that? Well, it actually could have been a really good play, but they just didn't execute it, didn't read it right. And it was just sometimes the defense has a counter. And that's that's basketball. That's the chess game. That's the X's and O's that I don't think people quite understand. There's a lot to it.
0: Well, and, and people don't – and Illini fans don't want to admit it. But I, I still say, if you know, when you're talking in-game coaching, particularly on the defensive end of the court, um, you don't get really much better than Bruce Weber. I mean, and I know Illini fans don't want to hear that, but, you know, he's a nightmare when, when you're going against him. And, and certainly we saw early in his tenure, you know, you give him the horses and, oh, my goodness. Um,
2: yeah. You know, we talked about they're not long. They're not overly long on the wings. Um, Miguel is testament, but their backcourt's small. But I mean, those guys guard. They just guard the hell out of you and they make you take shots. They make other people take shots. Now, I'm sure we're, I was just actually on uh, 30 for 30 with Jay Price and we were talking about Alfonso Plummer because I'm guaranteeing Alfonso Plummer is probably eighth or ninth on his scouting report. Said, hey, can get hot from three. Guys are like, yeah, whatever. He's eighth or ninth on his county report. Guy only played like 11 minutes last night. He's like two, whatever. I'm not worried about him. Well, then he makes a couple. Now you're like, oh, made those first three. And I was like, oh, now we got guard guardian, but. It's too late because he's in a rhythm now and you still got to worry about Kofi. Now he's hot. And and that was the one thing that Kansas State couldn't have, was one of those other guys stepping yep. up and making those shots. But you know what? That's what you do. That's what good coaches do is they make other guys beat them. You know, and that's the idea. You know, Kofi's going to get his points. There's no way you're going to completely shut down a Kofi cover. But you can you you make it so if Alfonso Plummer has a, you know, shoots you know two for ten, Illinois, Illinois probably loses that game, right. or, or may have lost that game. So that kind of gives you an idea, or you know, so of how this, how cl- the difference between you know winning and losing is very small when it comes to, to college basketball, and, and when you have high major teams going in.
0: Yeah, um, what do you what do you think from now that we've seen Kofi up against a big team? What do you think about those things he's been working on on the off season?
2: Oh, he had two assists tonight, right? Yep. Actually, he made a couple jumpers. I mean, or he looked decent on a couple jumpers. His free throws look better. I, I know he's only 6 of 11 or something tonight, which isn't ideal. But still, he's like 10 for 15. I, and that's my that would be my goal if I'm Kofi, shooting 67% from the line. If he shoots okay. makes two out of three, that's good. If you can get that out of him because he's going to shoot 60-plus percent from the field, now you throw in 67% from the line. That's a really, really efficient guy. Uh, but I thought he's making better progress. He's still, for my taste, he still fumbles the ball too many times to hit him in the hands, and that's something you notice as the year went on last year, he got better and better at that. Yes. I don't know what he does in the offseason to make it so he can't catch the ball when the <laughs> season starts, but it's been three years in a row where he gets better as the year goes on. But I think also you don't get hit the same way in practice that you do in a game. You're not getting right. hit in the back or bumped, you know, because the the way they do that. So that's my take.
0: Okay. So let's uh, let's go round the horn and close close things down. We'll go Matt first on your closing thoughts here on a uh, eye on the Illini that's celebrating an Illini victory over Kansas State.
3: Well, I'll, I'll, I'll just throw out like one concern I have and, and <laughs> like, ha, you're going to laugh, but it's, it's on the defensive end. Um, and I, I want to run this by Sturdy to see if he's seeing the same thing I'm seeing, which is it's two straight games now where I thought they've played a roadrunner type quick guard and they, he's, he's abused them. Like, and abused him in pick and roll. And, and by abused them, I mean basically abused Bellow in pick and roll and gotten whatever he wanted and gotten out in transition. Um, Purdue's got an elite guard with, with some quickness and speed. Michigan's got elite guards with quickness and speed. Ohio State's got elite guards with quickness and speed. Um, this is something that Illinois is going to have to figure out and, and figure out pretty quickly, and they've got time to do it. But they're they're going to face elite quickness guards – And they're going to have to be able to defend it a heck of a lot better than they're doing right now. And and if they do that, then I I think they can be exactly where Ken Palm has them on that end of the floor and and, and win a lot of games. I really, really do, no matter what happens on the offensive end and how they shoot it. And that's that's, I think, where you've got to get Illinois at, because there's going to be nights where they don't put the ball in the basket like you want. They don't run offense like you want. They don't shoot it like they want. And they can still win basketball games. And tonight, I thought, was a perfect example of that for about 25 minutes a total of 25 minutes where you know, they won this game basically on effort and defense. And, and I was I was pretty pleased
0: to see it. Brad, thoughts on that before I go to Ked?
2: Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Um, I think Mike Saunders is ridiculously quick. Like he's might be the one of the quickest human beings I've ever seen for Cincinnati. So um, I think a lot of people are going to have it. The one thing is both those teams. So Kansas State's the number one guy in their scouting report is Nigel Pack. So you had Frazier Pack, which left Bello on the other guy. I think you're going to see there are other situations where maybe they can have Bello guard a, a lesser scorer or a spot-up shooter, a guy who can just close out on. As where you know today, I think Bello ended up guarding a guy who's really you know quick and and shifty. And then also I, I real will say this: I thought that I thought Illinois really struggled in ball screens, and it wasn't even Kofi. Like I mean, they struggled defending ball screens both nights with. With um, it was the other guys. It was Omar Payne. He was just he was he really was bad in ball screen uh, defense. Um, you saw a few guys get frustrated with him. Even other players like, hey, you got to be here. This is you got to be here. You're you're down. You're here. You're there. Whatever. He just wasn't in the right positioning. So I like, think that's something they have to clean up. But yeah, you're you're right. Purdue is going to be the one good thing is if if Trent Frazier's healthy, you know he he's probably the toughest matchup for Jaden Ivy that there is in the Big Ten. Um, and, you know, maybe it's Michigan where you have Eli Brooks and, you know, you have Trent on him. And so when you match up those guys, hopefully if there are two guys, Bellow's got to step up his defense if he's going to be on the floor um, or a plumber, whoever it is that you've got playing there. So that I think that's one concern. I will say Hyton Hutch used his length really, really well when he was guarding those guys Um, because he can play a step off because he's six, seven and long. Yeah. i pack it one shot over, over Hutch, but overall I thought he did a really nice job. So that's a positive
1: for the future.
0: Okay. Ken, let's give it your uh, wrap up and then we'll have Brad take us home.
1: Well, my, my wrap up, my concern right now is the health of the, of the point guards. That's a glaring concern for me. You know, Brad said that Trent walked out on coaches and, Coach Underwood did say, though, and he is right. If you follow my basketball over the last five years, Trent's an injury-prone guy, but he bounces back quick. Hopefully, that's going to be the case. Hopefully, these concussions, issues with Cabello can go away. I, th- those are just huge, glaring concerns, you know, moving forward. Um, because at some point in time, as good as, you know, Austin Hutchinson did tonight, you know, bringing them off the court. it's so people don't understand, and I mean, this may sound stupid, there's a difference between being a point guard and just bringing the ball to the court. Not the same thing, and so they're going to miss that if both of those ads are going to be out. If they could get a win Friday without them, and you could not have to play them, I'm, I'm all I'm all good with that. But they have to stay healthy.
0: Great, great, thanks, Ked. So, Brad, take us home here. Um, your final thoughts uh, as you've gonna, you know, as you're sitting in the bowels of the stadium there in Kansas City.
2: Yeah, listening, the bands go nuts. <laughs> um, yeah people are I tell you what they're crazy about their basketball here though. those great great fans tonight you know for all four teams you know really Cincinnati didn't have a great traveling but illinois Kansas state and arkansas traveled really well I'm a line I always travel well as we know um my, my thing I'm going to say is I agree with what everybody said here I think those are concerned I think Matt's right they got to win with defense the kid's right they got to get healthy uh i'm gonna i i have to see I need to see somebody behind Kofi Step up. So I'm going to take the other, I agree with both of what you said, but I'm going to take somebody behind Kofi Coburn has to step up and be effective, at least on the defensive end. I can live with a guy who doesn't score. Grab some rebounds, play defense though, is what you got to do. I mean, you can have a guy who doesn't score out there. That's fine. Because I think the other option going forward against, maybe not against a team like Purdue or or Michigan or something like that, is to move Coleman Hawkins to the five. And that's not ideal, but I think we're reaching a point where, you, if you can't play Omar Payne and you can't play Benjamin Bosman's for you you got to play somebody, and Coleman Hawk is the only other option. Um, I, I don't think Brandon Lee's ready for prime time, so, so I think uh, I think that's what you, you'd have to see. So, and I don't want to see that because I think Coleman is perfect as a four. Um, you know, and, and there are going to be matchups. There are going to be teams that play small where he can match up and do some things. But, but yeah, I, I, that's my concern. I, I think you got to have somebody on Kofi because. Kofi can play 30 minutes a game I really think that he's one of the few big guys who could do that at 290 pounds but you got to have somebody to play the other 10
0: yeah and that that's kind of the same conclusion Connor came up with as well is we might be seeing we might be seeing uh, Coleman playing the five when Kofi gets gassed um, because Payne and BBV just haven't been as dynamic as we expect. So everybody, thanks for uh, tuning in to Eye on the Illini. We are so happy to have a winning broadcast here. We had went on a little bit of a streak um, with the uh, Illinois loss to Iowa, and then the two, and also having a couple basketball upsets in there as well. So it's good to see that things are working for the Illini. We certainly will be back. Be looking for us, of course. There's a sturdy for thirty that'll be coming out in the next couple days. Well worth listening to. We will also have uh, Eye on the Illini coming out Friday night after uh, the game as well. And, of course, Saturday after the Northwestern game. So there's a lot coming up. And, and even, to be honest, next Monday against Notre Dame. So uh, please be looking for that. Of course, If you have an opportunity, go to IlliniGuys.com. We have a free seven-day trial. You don't get charged until the last day. If you are doing that, please go to the forums or the message boards and go read the football and basketball threads. Um, Those forums will give you all the information, all the -the behind-the-scenes stuff, who Illinois is recruiting, how things are looking, um, and give you kind of a little bit of, of what's going on that you never see. And that makes it a lot of fun. Whether you live in Champaign or Chicago, halfway across the United States or halfway across the planet, IlliniGuys.com is the only place to catch up on the Illini. And, of course, if you are listening in the state of Illinois, 25 stations broadcast the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular on Friday or Saturday. It's a two-hour, once-a-week show. It has dynamic guests. You never know when you might hear from Coach Bielma or you know Coach Underwood or Josh Whitman, or and we can go through a list of people who've been on the show. You'll also get uh, Kedrick talking about recruiting for uh, Illinois. You'll get Matt talking about the football program, Brad, Larry, and myself kind of talking about whatever comes to mind. So please take a listen to that. If you go to the radio tab, you can actually see what stations broadcast us and when they have us on the air. And if you like the radio show, please call up that radio station or email that radio station and let them know they should keep that show on forever. So with that, um, please give us a five-star rating. Thank you so much for uh, listening, and we will talk to you on Friday. Have a very happy Thanksgiving.